Yo, what up? It's your boy C Philly here with three O's, profiling the most dope the music industry has to offer. Uh, I'm joined today by a very special guest of mine. First off, if you want to follow the show, three O's is be on uh, Twitter and Instagram at three O underscore S. So that's T H R E E O underscore S. Also on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash three O's, no underscore. And then on iTunes as well at three O's. I'm joined today by a very special guest of mine, a guy I've been following for a while. TJ Hickey. TJ, how's it going, man? I'm good, man. Thank you for having me on. I'm excited. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So uh, I guess the first question I got to ask you, man, like I've been, you know, obviously been following music for a while, but, you know, you're, you are a rapper, right? <laughs> nah, um, <laughs> man, how do I answer that these days? Actually, just how I answer that usually how I do it. I usually look around like I always like laugh at people and be like, so I can't tell if you like actually heard the album or they didn't, you know what I mean? Because <laughs> I still get that question. I kind of look at them funny, like, uh, did you mean my album or are you actually asking me that? So I don't even know what I am, man. I just make music. That's what I try to tell people. I don't know. I mess around with everything and it is it is what it is for genre-wise. But I suppose I rap. <laughs> that, that would be it. That's a fact. You're creative, man. That's it. And we'll get a little bit more into that for those that don't know about TJ's latest album and kind of the message behind it. But for those people that really don't know you, you know, don't really aren't familiar with, you know, kind of your come up, your story, uh, some of your music as well. Just kind of give kind of just like a brief background on kind of your come up and like where you came from and everything. Okay. Um, well, my real name is TJ Hickey. First of all, I feel like I get a lot of questions being like, hey, how did you come up with your stage name or whatnot? And I'm always like, uh, it's just my real name. It just happened to like really work for that. Um, so I'm from Boston, Massachusetts. Uh, I was born and raised in Charlestown, Massachusetts. Um, I went to Union College and played hockey um, for a year. And uh, I got cut from Union and I had nothing to do with my free time. So I started to just mess around with, with music. One of my friends made music. Another one was like kind of producing beats. And we used to make songs in a garage band just to mess around in high school. So I had all this free time. I didn't know what to do with this. So I started to just kind of write songs, just like going to my dorm room. And uh, I was like, started to just put some out just because I was bored. And um, I just thought, honestly, I just started to fall in love with it. I just loved like, you know, when I think when you are a hockey player, you're like a high profile athlete and you have this kind of like, uh, uh, like your brand is that. And it's kind of comes with a lot of attention. And uh, I missed the attention that I got from that. I missed like the pride in saying that I was an athlete. So I needed to make up for that void that I that I lost with hockey. I started making music. And the more I did it, the more I fell in love with it. And, you know, as the years went on, I started to like really invest more into it. And I think people saw that I was actually not just a phase in my life. And I've been doing it for yeah, probably like, I think my first project came out when I was 20 three so three years since my my first ever project but i would say my first real project for me was was happy hour so i was when i was 24 so i think i've been on the maps for about two years now and uh i've toured three times uh, um with everything but the west coast and um that's about it man now we're, we're here today trying to get as many interviews as i can <laughs> i really i'm a big believer in like telling the story i think there's a lot of artists that people like, but you know, a lot of artists are fucking weird. You know, they're just not like normal people. And I like to tell my story because I, I really think I'm more of a down to earth artist than, than most people are. 
Yeah, that's dope, man. I saw that voice, you know, just coming from my perspective, always liked about kind of your, like you said, your brand and everything. You've always been authentic, I think. So, I mean, that's something that you can't, you know, you can't, uh, you can't put a price tag on that with somebody. Cause as you know, like in this industry, there's a lot of, a lot of people that, you know, are fake or just kind of put on a front for people. And then there's somebody else behind closed doors. So, uh, right. always admire that about you. So you are, you're from Boston or are you like a town, like around Boston or where, where, where nah. in this? I actually, I grew up in the, uh, in the city, in the inner city, is a neighborhood called Charlestown. And then I moved out to uh, a suburb when I was about 16. And, uh, then I just moved back, uh, probably a year ago back to the city. So yeah. I'm a little bit of everything in that. Right. You're a big, uh, I guess you're probably a big Boston, like Red Sox, uh, Bruins, yeah. Celtics. I'm, yeah, I'm definitely, I'm definitely a huge Patriots and Bruins guy. And obviously, you know, Celtics are in the playoffs. I kind of jump on the bandwagon, but, um, uh, I'm, I was going to say, Steve's got a big dub last night. Isaiah Thomas, man, he's yeah, the he's, goat. Yeah, <laughs> I like his story, too. He was he was really nothing, and then some Celtics took a chance on him, and now they're just building the whole team around. I like stories like that. Came from nowhere. Yeah, what, he dropped 53 last night on his sister's birthday that passed away is just nuts, man. He's Crazy. a savage. So, Crazy. Uh, yeah, and actually a guy I played baseball with uh, in high school, he plays – for the Red Sox, Jackie Bradley Jr. played at South Carolina. Oh, wow, so uh, nice yeah. Little, Jackie nice Bradley little Jr. connect. Yeah, he's a stud, dude. Guy's got a cannon. Yeah, really yeah. So. I know. He's still, he's still young, too, so it's crazy to see. I mean, you guys like Mookie Betts, and we'll see where they end up in the next five years. I'm, this is a big year for them. I mean, after last year's disappointment, they really need to bounce back. So, yeah, for we'll sure. see. For sure. So, yeah, I want to dive into a little bit. I know you talked about, obviously, your hockey career. Uh, just tying it back, you know, into sports, because I think, you know, music and hip hop and everything in sports, really, it's always tied in together. I think we both know that. But how do you feel like kind of your hockey career and what you learned from, like you said, you got cut from the team and everything. And I kind of went through similar things as well early in, you know, way early in my career. But what did you kind of learn from that? What have you kind of taken? Because I think you can hear some of that a little bit in your music as far as like, you know, proving yourself. And I think it's kind of right. followed the same course. What? How do you feel like you've, uh, you know, kind of applied that to your music? How do you feel like that, what happened with that has kind of molded you know, where you've gone with your music career. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely a correlation between the two. I mean, it, it's, there's definitely like a, a swagger that you have as an athlete. Like where there's a confidence that you have to like convince yourself that, you know, you're the best. I mean, there's really no other way to say it. I, I feel like every artist should think they're the best, just like every athlete wants to think they're the best. And that kind of carries into your game. I compare like specifically like live shows. I think that's really helped me because I mean, it's a theater when you're doing a live show, like there's an energy that you have to bring. So I feel like for me to jump into a live show was not a problem because I played so many sports and going on like a big stage and performing really didn't make me nervous. I mean, obviously you had the nerves before a game, but like I just kind of, there was no rehearsal. I never had no, any music experience before that. I just kind of jumped on the stage and like, I knew the energy that the crowd wanted because I used to play sports and they, the two were just so similar that, I really didn't have like a tough transition into it really at all. Right. <clears throat> you ever kicked a guy's ass playing hockey? You ever beat somebody up? You got a real like hockey fight, like gloves off, like knocks some oh, teeth yeah. out. Like, there's been a lot yeah. of them. There's been a lot of them. I mean, there's no fighting in college hockey, but there's so much, there's so many scrums. I mean, and definitely growing up, not as much when you get older, there's not a lot of, I didn't play junior hockey. So I played, I played the college and I played prep school. So there wasn't as many gloves off, but when definitely when you're growing up, there's some, 
There's bench bench brawls. There's line brawls. I didn't know there was no fighting in college hockey. That's interesting. I, there's yeah. got to be like a lot of like, yo, meet me after the game type conversations. There's there. a lot of – we call them scrums. There's a lot of like basically fights, but there, there's no like punches thrown. It's more cross checks to the face type of thing. So it's still about as violent as ever. Hey, I guess you you uh won most because you still got all your teeth. You probably fuck somebody up. So I have a couple hey. chip. I have a couple chip teeth. <laughs> to be honest, but hey, whatever. A, a lot of to win. A lot of passion, right? I mean, whatever. Um, so kind of shifting back, you know, in your music. Obviously, like I said, I kind of came on to you when I know you did the Stay the Night record with Huey Mack, which yeah. was I thought a banger. Um, that was on the Happy Hour album. That's actually, to be honest. I guess it would be my favorite track, but honestly, one of my favorite tracks on the album is the intro. That's probably I always thought I always thought there should have been a music video made to that because that's a swag ass song. I don't know what it is, but it is a swag ass song. On so, happy hour? On happy hour, yeah. There, the happy hour intro. There is a video to that. There is a video? Yeah. Okay. We took it down, we put it back up. We've been kind of like playing with it. It's just such an old so for music, it's a lot like looking at pictures of you when you were in uh, like high school and you're in college now and you're like, man, yeah. what was I thinking? You know what I mean? So <laughs> yeah. a lot of that stuff is like hard. Like people be like, yo, I really like the song, but like I feel like I'm a different person than was making in that, that project. So it's really hard to go back. And uh, like Happy Hours is a different part of my life. Like I was in college. I didn't really care about the words I was saying. Like I could be as vulgar as I wanted to be. I could be as ridiculous because I was a college kid. And then when you get out of college, you look back. Like, imagine documenting some of the stuff you did in college. You'd be like, damn, I don't want to see that. You know, I don't even remember that. Thank God they can't, for real. That's right. But that that was a little different. Yeah, that track was like, hey, I'm fucking here. I'm walking in the party. Like, what's what's good? Yeah. Hollered all the bitches. I mean, whatever. (laughs) No, definitely, definitely. But, yeah, so going off of that, like, that's actually a good transition what I was getting into. Obviously, you went from happy hour to undeniable to now, you know, your latest uh, project, you know, so you're a rapper, right? Kind of talk about, you know, because obviously you're like, like you're saying, your sound is different now than it was then. How do you feel like, you know, your your sound and kind of what you're rapping about and kind of what, you know, what where the creativity is going? Kind of how has that changed and uh, where do you see it going even beyond? Right. So you said the word brand and that's something that's always been like a big uh, focus for the music industry. And for me. I don't even think I found my brand. People will say, what's your brand? I'm like, I, I'm just, I'm just me, I guess. And that's like a big, been a big problem for me. I think, I think people, because I make so many different types of music and I, I don't really have a, a, a brand. I mean, you could say this athlete stuff, but like, that's, that's just like a part I think of who I am. So for happy hour, I was literally, I didn't even think of the word brand. I was in college. Like I said, um, I went to Trinity, but I used to party at UMass Amherst because all my friends went there. And literally, uh, we just drank and we hung out with chicks, and it was literally just that. And so when I was making happy hour, which was like a time to just get away from like all responsibilities, like let's just go drink and party. And I mean, that was really the entire project. So when I did that, I did like I said, I didn't think of lyrics. I was super vulgar on those. On those, I didn't really like care i just was like fuck it let's just make a banger like if this beats good like, let's just do that and then undeniable i think i polished up a little bit and i made like more complete records and it sounded a little more cohesive than than the last project and because the whole thing has like a synergy to it so my first ever project was called why not and it was all in like half in like a living room it wasn't it's not you can't even hear it anymore 
but I made why not because my the first question people kept asking me was like why are you making music and my question my answer back was always why not why shouldn't I try to do this so my next project was happy hour because I was in college and we were just drinking and we every day was happy hour to us (laughs) that was it and then when I made happy hour like specifically stay the night like you talked about it that was like a big song for me and a lot of people would say yo this is pretty good but like it's not great you know it's not like I still want to listen to the radio. I still want to do this. So my next project was like, oh, like I got to be like undeniably great at this. Like I got to, I got to be the best. There's no other way. It's got to be so good that people can't deny how good it is. And I really invested a lot of that. And I knew I wanted to get a lot of like my favorite artists on it. And I really networked hard to do that. Uh, once I, I did the Huey feature back in for, for Stay the Night. I managed to just network with these other artists like Kim. I mean, I grew up with Kim Meekins a little bit in Boston here. Uh, Futuristic was on the tour, so I got a record with him. And he was good friends with Devon. And then uh, because of the Huey, I got Mod Sun, and Mod Sun was coached to Jared Evans. So, like, my point is it was all, like, kind of, like, networked in that, and that fit in with the Things Change tour with me, Huey Mac, Futuristic, and Kim Meekins. And so, like, that was, like, a project that really, I think, was, like, a big step for me. And so once I made that project, people would say, so you're a rapper, right? Like all the time everywhere I went. This stereotype that comes with it, right? Yeah. And I just hated the word rapper. Like for me, like I'm a a white Irish kid. Uh, I went to like a pretty good college. I don't really like, I don't smoke weed. I'm not like a, I just feel like when people call you a rapper, it's kind of like a derogatory term for like someone who's me, like people kind of say in like a mocking tone. And I always just felt like in my music, I never, I brought so much more to the table than just like a person who's just rapping 16 bar verses. Like I had like way more creativity than that. And especially like older family members, like if you talk to my parents or like my aunts and uncles or just anyone around, they'll be like, sure, you're a rapper. And they think of 50 cent and they think of like Ja Rule and stuff like that. It's like, what is a white Irish kid like you like rapping? And I'm like, nah, things have changed. And I just hated the word rapper. It just always sounded derogatory to me. So when I made So You're a Rapper Right, I knew eventually I was going to have to meet a future, uh, a wife's um, father. So I knew there was going to be a conversation about that. So the video was literally based around me for the intro about me going in and talking about how, just because I say things like calling girls bitches sometimes or just because I talk about getting way too fucked up or stuff like that. Like when you're a musician or an artist, you're trying to evoke an emotion onto people. You might say things you don't feel or you feel things you don't say. Like I'm telling a story here when I do this. And if I'm talking about sitting in the office and getting paperwork done, no one's going to listen to my music. Like you're trying to evoke these things. You're trying to bring emotions out of people. And I talked about like the cultural change between like, how different our time is than their time. So my point is like, there was a bunch of like different things that I needed to explain to this father for him to accept me other than his idea that I'm just a rapper. And so even more to that on that whole album, I always hated it. I was like, you know, I'm just going to do like, I have this song called come here, which is like a post Malone vibe of record. It's like, it's kind of like a folk, like just all singing, like no rapping at all on it. I wanted to do that when we're together. It's like a super pop record. Um, Back and forth, the beginning is like uh, is like a heartfelt rap at the end, but it's like a singing kind of vibey one. And I, I wanted this whole like eclectic sounds to like come out because I always hated to be called a rapper. So there was like kind of like a dual thing of explaining to the older generation and, and people around that I was more than a rapper as a person and a brand 
and also as a as making music. So it's definitely been a, a long ride from going from happy hour to rapper, right? For me, and I, I honestly hope the best is not yet to come for me. I mean, I got a lot of other stuff coming up, and we got these remixes just to show people that I can kind of. For me, I wanted to do like a little bit of everything, like I don't know, a country remix, a hard remix, a heartfelt remix, and just kind of like show people that I'm more than just someone who has to rap on a old school Eminem beat. You know? Right. Yeah. You definitely shown that versatility for sure. So I'm gonna ask: Do you have a girlfriend now or no? Mm -mm. I was just like picturing myself. I was picturing you just spitting that shit. Like you, you need to drop that shit exactly how you do in the video. The visuals in that were, excellent. yeah. Absolutely. I mean, there's gonna be there's gonna be a day in time. I hope that <laughs> I do get a girlfriend or do get married, and I knew that conversation was gonna come up. And you know, I'm 26 now, so I, I wanted to get that off my chest. Oh no, absolutely no. I hear you. So, with that being said, um, you know, you had mentioned that you know you went on tour with Huey Mac. You've gone on tour with some others. Um, first off, I guess get out of the way. What's the craziest shit you've seen on tour? Um, Craziest shit I've seen on tour. I mean, I can tell you the funniest shit. Uh, All right. So when you're on tour, like I said, like you literally go. You, all right, let's start off. You do like a show. You do a show. It's crazy. You usually go out afterwards. You try to bring as many like fans. You go out, whatever, and you get obviously hammered. And then you wake up and you like get out of the hotel usually at, like seven or eight a.m. after going home at like four or five. You hop on the bus, you sleep on the bus for, you know, depending on what city you're going to for two or three hours. You wake up, you go to sound check, you go to the hotel, you shower, you brush your teeth, you eat. Then you go back and do another show and it just repeats like that over and over again. And so like we're like four days into it and when you're on a bus with people, you get to know them pretty well. Right. And I was asking, I think I was either asking Huey or, or uh, Futuristic, I was like, yo, you guys ever like, like say the wrong city? Like. They're like, no, dude, you don't say the wrong city. I've never done that in my life. I'm like, for real? Like, I just feel like that's like a big scare. And literally that night, we were in Cleveland, Ohio, and I was doing my set, and I was like, first six songs, I kept calling them Milwaukee. And I was getting no reception oh, from the yeah, crowd. Yeah. I was getting no reception from the crowd. And I was like, this is fucked. Like, I, I don't know why I'm not doing this. And some kid, like, like grabbing his whisper, he's like, yo, we're in Cleveland, not Milwaukee. And I was like, holy shit. They're probably like, what the fuck is this guy talking about? Yeah. So I literally <laughs> went downstairs and everyone was like, dude, you just asked us if we did that. And no one's ever did that before. And I'm like, oh, I was a little too banged up before my set. And I I think I was looking forward. Or I kept getting tweets about Milwaukee because it was the next day. And I just, my brain just couldn't comprehend it. You jinxed so, yourself so. though. You, you, you jinxed yourself a little bit. I, think. I did. So Cleveland, <laughs> I apologize to Cleveland a million times over it, you know. How many uh, how many cities was that tour that you went on? I think it was uh, twenty five cities. Twenty five cities. Yeah. Now, let me ask you this about going on tour and everything. Obviously, like the tour life is awesome. But let me ask you: Is it easier than you thought it'd be to go on tour? Is it harder than you thought it'd be? Is it kind of what you expected? What was the experience like? Um, it's really hard to explain um, because a lot of times, like when you have a regular weekend. You can be, you know, hungover and you're, you know, you're for two days and you just kind of like, just kind of sit there. Like, I guess my point is tour life is so fast that like, it's really hard to like take in every minute of it because everything is like so scheduled out that like you're just moving to the next party, if you will. Right. So it's fast. It's really, it's hard on your body, but 
it's there's so much adrenaline that it's it's i mean it's unbelievable it's one of those things you, it's hard to describe unless you've you've experienced it it's hard too and i i i used to be close to uh mike stud back in the day and i used to talk to blue about this and like every city you go in for people it's there one night you know you have to do 45 stops on a tour say for that when you go to their city like it's their one night to party with you so they want to get as hammered as possible they want to do as crazy shit as possible and you almost have to sit there and look at them and be like man like i can't take 100 shots with you because i have to go do this tomorrow you know what i mean and right. you can't say that to them because you're trying to give them the experience and i think it's really hard for people to like get that so that was really hard is like saying no to people or you know trying to like trying to balance some kind of level of healthy i mean oh yeah I always imagine, yeah. I always imagine the adrenaline being on tour, like as being like I kind of look at it as almost like being on vacation. Not really, like you're obviously working, but like I don't know if you've ever experienced this. Where like seems like when you go on vacation, like I feel like I just don't get hungover till like the last day because the right. you're like so happy to just be on vacation. So I always kind of, exactly. but I can imagine like after like a week bender, it's like, dude, I need <laughs> a fucking day off. I need yeah, a fucking we, break from this. <laughs> being futuristic, you talk like I wish tour was one week on, one week off. You know what I mean? <laughs> like the whole year. Because like by the time a week ends, like you're ready to go back. But like, you know, even if it was two weeks on, one week off, it would be easier too. But you're in the you're in the van too. So you're not really clean for – you feel like you're not clean for three weeks. You know what I mean? Right. So you guys weren't like on like tour bus or tour bus life. This was like van life, I guess. It was like uh, somewhere in between. And we would like we could we all could lay down to sleep and stuff like that, but it was uh it was somewhere in between that that life. It wasn't a full blown tour bus. I can tell you that. All right, who do you uh who do you look up to in the music game? Is any anybody like old artists, current, new? Any any artists you kind of like look up to as far as kind of their style and the way they do things? Um, so like I said, like. I think you can hear my music is I have so many different influences. Uh, like I like everywhere from like Meek Mill to Kenny Chesney. So I think it's hard for me to like pick a side on that. And I think, you know, specifically in the industry, they want you to pick a sound and be known as like an artist that does this sound. And I never wanted that, which is, you know, probably why I'm not as not bigger now, but uh, I mean, I, I think Drake is probably the most versatile artist of our, out right now. So I'm a huge straight guy. He's probably my favorite artist to listen to. Um, but I mean, I like Sam Hunt. I like, uh, Tim McGraw. I like, uh, the Rascal Flats all the way to Ace Hood. So, I mean, Eminem was a big part of my life in the back in, you know, when I was growing up, I used to listen to Lloyd Banks. Um, so it's just like a, it's very weird style. Goo Dolls when I was way younger. Um, it's just kind of been a crazy Goo Dolls are legendary, me. man. That's a good Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So people listen to a lot of country in Boston, I guess, right? Like a lot more than I would imagine. Like I, I feel like Definitely. Country music's pretty big. It's even up there. Definitely. Especially when in when it's nice out. It, everyone listens to yeah. country. I, 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 it's almost worth being a country singer around here because there's not many. Right. So it's definitely a huge uh genre, specifically when it's nice out around here. Yeah, I mean, so I'm in Charlotte, North Carolina, and it's uh, you can imagine it's it's oh, yeah. a lot, lot, it's a lot of country music, but I, it's good. I, like you said, summertime means it's the songs you want to have when you're sitting by the pool or the lake or the beach with a cold one. So, hey, yeah, that's that's exactly what it is. And, you know, I mean, you're trying to make music like that too. So, I'm definitely gonna get some type of some country infused, you know, pop hip hop record 
because uh, I think that's what I, I, I really want to want to lean towards. Pull out the country vocals a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. I did a Galway Girl <laughs> remix. I did a Galway Girl remix that came out pretty nice. So yeah. I just dropped a, uh, a Say You Went Say You Won't Let Go remix by James Arthur today that has a little bit of a singing that I I think I found that I can do. So I mean, a lot of this is just kind of guess and check. So we'll see what uh what I can do. All right. Who? What's uh? Obviously, like I said before, you've worked with a lot of different artists, a lot of uh, probably producers or you know anybody in the music industry that you've come in contact with what's has there been like a piece of advice you've gotten maybe that stood out to you or any type of valuable advice you've heard or anything in like that's kind of shaped you into who you are um i don't think i've ever gotten like one piece of advice that really did but i feel like i've learned through the experience that i can give advice to people like i get a lot of dms or instagram messages being like hey like i'm starting to make music like what's your biggest piece of advice and honestly my biggest piece of advice is you can't it's it's cliche but it's literally the truest thing you can't you can't let what other people say like affect you i think like people people get attracted to success that's why everyone is obsessed with celebrities but everyone started somewhere i mean you look back at all those videos of like what Drake was like 10 years ago or Migos performing in front of like 14 people. And so now everyone loves Migos because everyone is told to love the Migos. If it's on the radio, people are like, Oh, that guy made it. So I think you had to start somewhere and you have to kind of push back. Like when I first started making music, I had so much pushback because it'd be like someone coming up to me and be like, yo, I'm going to be a doctor. And it's like, dude, you've never done this stuff in your life. You're not going to be a doctor. That doesn't make sense. So when I first started making music, they were like, you, you can't make music. You've never done this in your life. Like, what are you doing? So I had to like push through like years of people like mocking me and looking through that just to get through where like people will be like, oh, you're actually like pretty good. But it took years to do that. It wasn't like I just dropped three songs. Everyone was like, oh, this is good. I like it. Like people had to hate it in order to love it later on. And I think most people kind of hit the wall at the beginning and they don't want to push through it. And my biggest advice is if you really love to do it, you can't really fake this you have to really love it because you're going to get so much negative feedback at the beginning that you have to love it so much that you're willing to push through that. So that's definitely what I've learned the most throughout this process. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And you made, you made a great point. I mean, with obviously, you know, we have all the technology we, we want at our fingers and YouTube and SoundCloud and Apple music. It's really changed, uh, you know, the music game, like anybody can make, anybody can go on and like buy a mic and, you know, kind of, you know, try at least attempt to make something that is music. What do you think the biggest, you know, looking at, like you said, you know, people obviously reaching out, Hey man, I'm starting, you know, I'm releasing this project or I'm trying to start making music. What's, what do you think like the biggest fault is of people besides the fact that obviously they give up too quickly, which is obviously, you know, going to derail your entire hopes of anything. But what do you think like the biggest fault is of guys that maybe, are talented but don't exactly see the results they're looking to get like what would be what's something you've seen at least you know from other artists i don't think people invest in it i i I get like approached at bars from people and they're like like just kids and they're like yo uh do a song with me i'm I'm, i can rap good it's like that's awesome man wants the instant gratification right yeah it's like okay man i've invested thousands of dollars into this craft i've spent endless hours sitting in a studio trying to make songs and you wanted to come up to me at a bar and you want like a, a free verse from me because you can your friends say you can rap well what the? 
That's yeah. ridiculous, man. And then I think a lot of times is, is people, I mean, there's a little bit of game that has to be played between like faking it before you make it type of thing. Like you have to be confident and you have to be braggadocious in, in music. That's what rap is. I mean, it's, it really is. But I think people kind of like put on this persona. that's too heavy too soon. Like you can't talk about making money. Like I don't, if you listen to every single one of my records, you don't, Talk, you don't hear me ever being like, yo, I wear a Rolex or I do any of this stuff. Like, I don't try to emulate anyone. I've always just tried to, like, be my brand. I mean, I sit around and sleeve the shirts 97% of the time, and I, that's just who I am. So I don't put on, like, a gold chain and, and walk around like, yo, I make millions of dollars and I'm a rapper. And I think some kids get caught up trying to fit this image that's not even them. And not really investing in who they are and investing in who they're trying to be. So, I mean, it's a thin line between that, but I, I think that's the fault of, of most of these people. I agree. Yeah. No, I, and like I said before, I think you've done a great job as far as saying like, fuck you, fuck what you think, you know, just do you man. And like, let it, let the pieces fall. I mean, you know, everybody can, <clears throat> everybody can sit back and work a nine to five and just kind of do what the life, do what life tells them to do. And, or you right. can take a risk and it doesn't work out. I mean, the way I look at it, you still got that to fall back on anyways, because, the world will be there to greet you with open arms most likely. So, uh, yeah, I mean, you have to, you have to try because if you didn't, it'd be one of those things that ate you alive. You know what I mean? Exactly. It's like, you'll never actually know unless you, once you try. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, that sounds cliche, but it's, it's the real, it's the truth. No, for real. Yeah. It's the truth for sure. For sure. So, uh, like looking ahead, I know that we talked a little bit about it, but you were mentioning your, uh, make Wednesdays great again, remixes. I know I was make able to listen to a couple again. of those. Um, you know, definitely went in. Uh, uh, you, like you said, you had the body like a backward remix, little country. I know you, we were talking about earlier, kind of your versatility, um, and definitely showing it with the remixes, even with different right. genres for the remixes. Uh, is this kind of the next thing for you? What's kind of the plan per se for TJ Hickey as far as you know your future projects or kind of you know what you're going to be uh, implementing? Um, so for the, I never wanted to be a remix person because uh, it looks like you're trying to copy Mike or time flies or any of those people that got big off of remixes, but it was one of those things that it was cheap to, to make. And, uh, and I wanted to show versatility. So I was just kind of like playing with sounds to see what people liked and what people didn't like. Um, I'm getting in a lot of trouble actually, because like universal keeps like flagging my stuff for copyright. infringement. <laughs> so I put that on my snap story today because a lot of people are like, yo, where'd this remix go? Where'd that remix go? I'm like, Dude, I'm gonna lose my pages if I keep this up. So <laughs> I gotta be I do gotta be careful with that. My manager was texting me last night being like, yo, you just got a strike for Facebook. Which I think is ridiculous because if you're making a completely different song and you're not selling it, you should be able to do it. But I guess that's another story for another day. So unless I get flagged uh like and lose, you know, the pages, <laughs> I do I just dropped the say you won't let go remix uh James Arthur song. I have a uh, look at me by the XXX Tenation remix and I have a Paris by the Chainsmokers remix. And what I really like to do is I try to make a completely different song. Like whatever the person did on it, do the exact opposite. So if it's a singer rap on it, if it's a rapper sing on it. And like, I mean, that was like my whole goal. Like I, I made the Paris Chainsmokers one into like more of a ballad. I made the say you won't, won't let go into a rapping verse and I changed the entire melody. Um, so I'm just trying to show like that creativity. I think they're simple enough to make, like they're only like a minute and 30 seconds long right. and it's something to just see what kind of sounds and styles I can play with. And that's really, it's just like more of like a, it's, it's like working out before a game. 
it's just kind of it's kind of getting the reps in and showing you trying to figure out your creativity and play with some sounds and see what works and and what doesn't so i mean i think some have gone well and some people some haven't liked and man that's what i expected definitely so i i know earlier you mentioned also that you've you know previously had a relationship with uh mike stud you know you obviously you worked with huey mack other artists have you had any conversations with any bigger artists as far as like for a feature or have you been reached out to by anybody like what's been the kind of the movement there um no i mean i think undeniable was like my feature game where i wanted to get like songs because i was going on tour with the artists right um now I'm, I'm actually networking with people that are like more of my um like how big i am um mm -hmm. just because i think that's like the best way to, to grow more organically rather than trying to reach out to people that are above above who i am mm -hmm. um and i don't even know how many of those how many artists that are bigger than me that i that i want to work with like where I feel like in a huge need to do it. I mean, making records of Futuristic and Devon Terrell and stuff like that, like I have two songs of them each. So I, I feel like I got what I wanted out of that. Um, I mean, I, I could always go back. We'll see. I mean, I gotta, I gotta make a record that I'll be like, yo, I hear Huey on this or I hear, you know, whoever. It doesn't really, it has to like fit their thing. So we'll see. I, I'm not gonna rule it in or rule it out, but I don't have any plans to, to make up, have a big feature. Right. And your is your uh is your team all organic as far as like producer, manager? I know you'd mentioned your manager earlier. Uh do you make where do you make most of your music at? Uh I have well, I did the remixes somewhere else. Um, but I work alone with one engineer. He does ninety percent of my producing. His name's Knox Beats. Um, and I have a, a manager and that's it. I, I don't I don't like there's no team. <laughs> it's it's really like I do my music with my engineer and I actually I mean I talked to a couple producers that like I get some maybe a record or two off of for a project I have a manager and the rest is is really me there's no there's no behind the scenes for me which is you know it's not great but it's it's what it is right now yeah it's good though to have a guy that knows exactly like he knows what you want probably knows exactly how you want the sound to be somebody you can easily communicate with so oh I mean, yeah definitely some merit in having he, that He's unbelievable. The, the engineer, I can't really even speak more highly of him. I don't know if you know Joyner Lucas or Token. Those are two mm -hmm. people that, that work out of the same studio, too, and, and they've really taken off in their careers. So I think uh, he's, he's super talented. He's someone that I, I don't see me growing out of. So um, we'll see what we can do with this next project. I think for me, I think every project gets better and better. So we'll see. All right, last question for you, TJ. Give the people an idea. Typical day in the life of TJ Hickey. Yeah, it's so different. Um, well, I actually work. I work with my father right now. Um, we run a lobbying firm in Boston, so I always have this joke. When I was on tour this past fall, I would go from a full suit and I would rip it off like Superman to jump on stage <laughs> and sleep with song. <laughs> so. Uh, I mean, a typical day is so different for me because I literally live two different two different lives with this. Right. I mean, I run a business and I'm a, and I'm a, an artist, and I plan on continuing to do both until one tells me I can't do it anymore. So um, I can't really tell you a typical day. There is no typical. There is no typical day <laughs> for me. I mean, I'm in the office during the day, and I'm in the studio at night, or I'm writing, or I'm writing a video treatment, or I'm doing a remix. So. so I, I don't know. I'm running two businesses all at once right here, so I don't have a typical day. 
Hey, on the grind, man. That's all you can do, right? That's okay. that's all you can do for anything that you're doing. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, TJ, really appreciate you coming on. Tell the people where they can find your music at. Appreciate you having me on. I am at TJ underscore Hickey on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Facebook.com, TJ Hickey Music on Facebook. Uh, YouTube.com, uh, TJ Hickey Music. And I try to answer as many people as I can, unless you hit me with, hey, what's up? I do not answer that anymore. <laughs> I feel or, like, or, hey, I can rap. <laughs> yeah. I've grown enough where like I used to listen to, hey, what's up? And I used to respond and get into like conversations that were literally going nowhere. So please don't do that <laughs> to me anymore. Um, but I do try to answer if anyone has any like genuine questions, I try to answer everything that everything that I can. Um, and just to, just to say that all the Twitter and Instagram stuff is so important to me. So anytime you retweet or anytime you share with your friends, like that's how this grows. Cause I told you there's no team behind me. There's no label. There's no machine behind me. So every retweet, every tweet yo here you're showing your friends like all that is goes the longest way for me because that's the only way i can grow is with a fan base that goes out and is so crazy about it they have to show their friends and get everyone on board so every person you show is a big deal for me i appreciate that all right you heard it go retweet go like this shit if you haven't heard it so you're so you're a rapper right go listen to the latest album it's a banger promise me i promise you uh again tj appreciate having you on Join us next time. Appreciate you guys listening and uh, take care. Man, I pull up in the front, she me out back. Hey, but I know I got it like that. Face on the wall, see him come back. Hey, but I know I got it like that. Bottles on the low, we always get more. You already know it, we got it like that. Do I lose more? If I do no. Man, I pull up in the front, give me out back Hey, but I know I got it like that Say you want